0: Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.fm. It is the 4th of August 2022. Summer's more than halfway over, and you better find a way to enjoy it or you're gonna regret it. This is Jim edge from Digital Always Media, and today I'm joined by Christine Chackinger from uh Sites Without Walls in in Las Vegas. Uh Dave is uh actually Dave is globetrotting. He's uh off on on uh, on meetings. So um Christine, thank you for uh, for diving in, eh? Yeah,
1: thank you for having me. I always like uh Stepping in when when Dave is globe chatting. <laughs>
0: um, you stepped into an interesting week. Um, there's a technical SEO is one of your is, you know, one of one of your, your specialties. And um, we have some uh, some fun technical SEO stuff this week. Um first thing, and I, I, I actually I think this is like a kind of a big important one. Um, did you see the new announcement? I think it was just a couple of days ago. Google came out with the announcement on Google Tag
1: yeah the new centralized tag solution
0: yeah it's almost like the one ring tag that will um tag your uh uh, campaigns in 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 in, uh like google campaigns uh information in google analytics information in google data studio uh, google 360 etc um it's a tag that goes above um your uh current uh, uh google google tag manager build um but it will allow you to move data between these various accounts, um, apparently with 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 interoper, you know, um easy interoperability.
1: Well that sounds good. I haven't had a chance to really delve into it yet to know um if what sounds good is good, but uh, well, yeah, that it does thing. sound like a good solution.
0: No one's had a chance to delve into them yet because it just rolled them out. Um and they're going to finish rolling out uh, the, the the Google tag for for all sectors, whatever, sometime in the next. so it was two to seven days. Um, I'm unsure why there's a rollout for a tag itself, but um, <laughs> it's one of those things that everyone should use. They do say that you need to add it to all pages where you have your um, your Google Analytics or your Google Tag Manager uh, 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 code. So. Um, it's something you got to do. Uh, this is one of those, like you know, SEO and digital marketing must-dos. So there's a great article over at uh, Search Engine Land um, on uh, on Google Tag, and there's um, the information at uh, Google's blog um, blog dot slash products ad dash commerce etc etc. You'll find it. Uh, go to um, Google.com and type in Google Tag. You'll find the information you need.
1: Yeah, and, and so people don't panic. They, they will deprecate the older tag, but it still will continue to work. This won't continue to update it. So you have yeah. some time. It's something yeah. you have to worry about tomorrow.
0: <laughs> no, but but it is, it. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the things that you want to get out of the way. So yeah. uh, what else do we got? We have the uh, upgrades or updates to the quality rater guidelines. Uh, especially around things like uh, your money or your life.
1: We do. Uh, so Jennifer Slag wrote her uh, quality guideline update. She has updates for all the ones that have ever been written, so it's a <laughs> really good site to go look at because she really knows what she's talking about when it comes to the quality reader's guide. Just a quick uh, disclaimer for everybody out there. These are not SEO guides. <laughs> this is a guide of so, uh, the things that Google wants quality raters to know uh, when they rate their tweaks to the algorithms so that they can tell them whether they surfaced quality sites or not with their yeah. changes. So make yeah, sure exactly. you don't take, yeah, make sure you don't take this and go, I now need to apply everything in here. Cause you don't, that's not what the purpose of the quality raters guide is for. No, this We're, is
0: just showing what Google's intent is in trying to form the best possible search results it can. Um, yeah. And so it's telling humans what to look for when looking at the search results.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's using the core signals that we've always used to try to surface these sites. So there's some special magic potion out of the quality raters guide. It's content quality, technical links to your site, structure, internal linking, all the normal things that Google likes out of site, but they tweak the core algorithms to try to surface sites that more closely match what the quality raters are meant to evaluate.
0: So. Yeah. And, and, but, and, f- and just, just, just the one last note to beat this dead horse. What you find in the Quality Raiders Guide, we can't beat the horse dead enough, let me tell you. What you find in the Quality Raiders Guide is um, Google's, um, the best view we have of what Google wants, but it isn't necessarily a black and white photocopy of what Google needs, in, in especially in your circumstance or your circumstance or back there on the row back there, your circumstance. Um,
1: it's basically the outline of what creates a really good website. So it's yeah. good if you want to learn what creates a good website, but it doesn't mean that Google is evaluating what it put in this guide as far as the ranking signals to surface your website, because they're using the core ranking signals to do that. And the reason go. I think that dead hort can't be bad enough or long enough it's because every time one of these comes out, people look for magic tricks to SEO. I saw someone calling it the SEO Bible the other day on a <laughs> Yeah. And so it's just so important to remind people this is not an SEO guide. It is a quality raters guide. And also the quality raters, they, they did more in this version to explain to you they in no way ever affect the search results directly. So there was some belief that the quality raters signals went straight to the machine learning and suddenly that changed how websites work. That's not the case. Oh, could
0: you it. imagine how crazy it would be if it did work like that? Right, <laughs> right?
1: So for those who don't know how this works, the quality raters, they do hundreds, maybe thousands of tests, they aggregate all the data, they analyze it, it goes to the search engineers. If they decide something is valid and they want to put it in the algorithms because the surface sites better, good sites better, then it goes to quality control, testing, QA and even legal before they're allowed to put it into the algorithm. So. You
0: can almost a 100% guarantee it. The original search quality rater will have no clue what happened either.
1: <laughs> no, no. And not one person or even 10 people will affect or 100 in one test would affect search results because once they find a result, they're going to test it to make sure that it's you know repeats itself. Yeah. So, okay, uh, yeah. so but, now well, that we've uh, said all of that, that yes, yeah, sorry. That's, what happened? So what did they
0: change? What did they change? Uh,
1: well, there's a lot that changed. Really should read Jennifer's article. Um, and if you don't know how to find it, just put uh, SEM posts mm-hmm. and then quality rater guidelines. And she has a whole page of all of them listed, all her updates. But one of the big things is the money or life definition. So the, your money or life definition that Google has, it means like these pages are important. So the old definition was just basically does this impact a person's future happiness or wealth, financial stability or safety, and then they had a general category like they had sites like news sites, medical sites, financial sites, and then it's had a general category. Any site we decide falls under these guidelines, we will now call uh, fall money or life site. But what they're doing now is they're actually defining it much more specifically. So is it the person who is directly viewing or using the content? other people who are affected by the person viewing the content group. So people or society affected by the actions of people that review the content. So if they put out, if you put out something about uh, people of another race being inferior, let's just call them purple people, uh, then Google could devalue your website based on you affecting those people with your false claims. Now, Google doesn't evaluate falsity, but Google can use entities to evaluate things in content.
0: Okay, so one of the one of the changes that did happen um, in uh, your money or your life, and that's, this is a, a really interesting one, is Google confirmed what people have long suspected, that they see the um, impact of uh, your money or your life, the importance of a your money or your life site on the on a spectrum. So some of them are clearly really, really impactful ones that tell people um, give people like direct health information. Um, uh, to, to, to quite like, quite like your uh, example using racism. Um, say there's a website that says you, if you eat raw onions, you can get rid of cancer. Google really wants to know about sites like that and devalue them pretty quickly. That site is on the your money or your life spectrum, and I think it would be found um, on the on what we would call very low on the spectrum, um, not <laughs> not considered um, relevant, important, or authoritative at all um google never ever said that they had a um i don't know a spectrum a sliding scale of um of your money or your life uh uh, sites or evaluations they've confirmed that in fact they do so that's kind of cool um i'm sorry
1: oh i was just gonna say though so people understand you'll also see john Mueller say or maybe danny too that they don't know if your site's your money or your life so how Are they doing a Your Money, Your Life designation? Well, again, these are quality raters that are supposed to assess if it's Your Money, Your Life, but also by entity evaluation, they can determine whether the entities associated with your site are Your Money, Your Life or not. So the entities, like if you're talking about a page about cancer and cures and onions, well, Google isn't evaluating the content like we would But it could see you have cancer and cures and onions on the same page. Maybe that's not a high quality page. And a quality rater can definitely look at it and say, well, these should not be um, on this page because this is not a valid claim. So that's part of how they look at it. So it's a human review and then how Google looks at it. And they're very different.
0: Similarly, uh, Google um, cleared up... Or maybe through a wrench into uh, some perceptions of uh, what eat uh, expertise, authority, and trustworthiness might be, um, and this is around um, what it what it is is, is phrased at least in uh, in uh, 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 Jennifer Slegg's piece in the SEM Post as a quote unquote respected website, um, and I'm going to read I'm going to read directly from uh, from what Jennifer wrote. Throughout these guidelines, Google has made multiple multiple new references to the fact that just because a site is considered authoritative or highly respected, its content cannot automatically be regarded as high quality. They make specific reference to academic institutions and government websites, but this is addressing some issues that Google is seeing and wants the raters to help them identify these pages on authoritative websites as potentially being low quality. For instance, you got a question about your taxes? You go to the IRS website. Um, you'd think the IRS is the authority on the American tax system, right? Well, what if the content on that page just happens to be craptastic? It just doesn't answer. You know, out of a million pages, one of them is going to be crappy, right? <laughs> what if? So, just because it's the IRS page doesn't nece- the the quality rater isn't necessarily going to uh, can't necessarily assume. It's a uh, uh, great content. And I think that also signals that just because you might have a number of other um, analytic ducks in a row, you got high score here, high score here, high score here. It doesn't mean Google's gonna love your content. You gotta have good content. Honestly, I think that's what this says.
1: <laughs> well, and also, again, a clarification, because this is one of the most misunderstood things in the, inter- in the industry. Is EAT is not a directive. There is no algorithms that evaluate expertise, authoritativeness, and trust as listed in the Quality Reader's Guide. But EAT is a concept. So you don't need to pay $1,000 an hour to get a doctor to write your medical content. That might be good for users, though. That's a different story.
0: And the doctor will, if the doctor knows what, what she or he or they are talking about
1: that's true but but if you do need a knowledgeable writer because again google's evaluating this through their machine learning algorithms like neural matching and contextuality of content and entities yeah. in the page and so if you are writing about something and you're using all these entities that don't have any association in their mathematical formula of things that are associated with each other then google's probably going to assume this is a low quality page if it's an irs page they're not looking at it like we are and it doesn't matter who wrote it. They don't know every author in the world. That would be crazy. Could you imagine? Jim, today you're writing about this. Tomorrow you're writing about that. Google has to know all your expertise changes, right? That that doesn't, that would never work. Trillions of pages.
0: I like to but, think they've forgotten about me as a
1: writer, to be honest. <laughs>
0: that makes me feel more comfortable.
1: That's, that's what they show me in search as. I'm a writer, not an SEO, which I think is funny. I don't think SEO is an entity. So, so it's really important people understand that these e-guidelines are meant to what Google wants out of a site, but not a specific guide. So um, even Google even says your author can be the website. You don't have to have any authors listed, but your content does have to be knowledgeably written. So you wanna pay an author who can write knowledgeably, do good research, make sure they're on point for the topic and on the page, because as we know now, it's at the page level and it's actually at the query level when you look at a core update devaluation, it's a query level applied uh, devaluation. Because they can only tell your money, your life by the query set, by the entity set. So that's why um, it's just really important not to get into the weeds of each and think that I now got to hire 100 authors at a $1,000 a page. I just need to have people that write good content well and know the topic.
0: Well, on behalf of authors, for what it's worth, if you do want to hire authors at a 1000 <laughs> a page, that's a very good idea. I, I, I encourage a lot more of that, to be yeah, honest. I, I think it's I, the best thing ever.
1: This is true, but if you're a small business and you think you need to spend twenty thousand dollars on your content, just get someone who can write really well and really knowledgeable, like Jim Hedger here, who is fantastic at writing about anything. Well, well even
0: better, do it yourself. I'm not kidding. The the then and, and 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 get somebody who knows what they're doing to edit it, like. Yeah. If, and how I many? seriously, Christine, in your career, um, uh, as an SEO or as a um, uh, a website developer or anything how many times you've been held up by, by um, not getting the content you need to do the job? I well, know. <laughs> have you had plans? You know, you, 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 tell the client you should do this, this, and this. And, and, and part of that is build content, build content. And once you build the content, you're giving me the tools where I can do something else. How many times have those kind of plans been stalled? Because content has been what you got to tell, got to tell um, a, 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 clients is to write it even if it's direct, write it in point form and then re-edit it but get it done. The con yes. there's no way John John Mueller went on a rant the other day, okay? So, so <laughs> John and, and this totally pertains to what we were talking about with Eat and what we were talking about with your money in your life too. Um John Mueller went on vacation and he uh he he took a week or so off and he came back and he looked at his email box and um kinda got uh well, not mad, but I think he just got frustrated. Um, and he, he he stepped away from the abyss for a little while and um, um, forgot about all the dumbass questions he gets asked, including <laughs> all of the shortcut questions. Yeah. Every, and you were saying this earlier, every time somebody sees something changed in the guidelines, they figure some shortcut has been published, and they can go look at it. And zing, zang, zoom, they, they get great rankings because they found the shortcut doesn't work that way. You can read all the SEO blogs in the world and it still won't work that way. Then you should read SEO blogs. You should, because it gives you an understanding of how the world works. But you're not gonna find a magic bullet in any of those blogs, unless that magic bullet, unless that magic bullet is something that fires your imagination to do the content and um, you know build build good sites, strong, structurally sound sites, but do the content work? Because that's what Google wants to rank.
1: Right, no, very true. And, and it's so important that people understand the truth is regular SEO is kind of boring. It's not boring in the results you get, but it's pretty straightforward in, in the top level. The details are where it gets difficult and that's where your experience comes in. But writing good content, having links come to your site, good architecture and structure, making sure Google can crawl and index your pages, right? All that is so much of what SEO is. And we're really past the age of quick tricks. Occasionally, someone might find something that slips through the Google algorithms and you can manipulate rankings, but it's, we're not really at that stage anymore. That was a decade ago.
0: And and if you are doing that, the amount of effort you're putting into it, I mean, like, seriously, you better be making a heck of a lot of money for the effort you're putting into it, because it's a lot of effort. I I, I know a story of somebody literally walking the streets of London with a uh, a rider wagon, with a little red wagon full of cell phones just just to get the cell phone patterns that they wanted (laughs) now that's a lot of work like (laughs) I would never do that That's insane I get I get I get paid to sit here all day and look at numbers what do (laughs) I want to go out there with with a bunch of cell phones for that's crazy but you know what for somebody that is a lifestyle that that fits their practice um I wouldn't do it (laughs) you know
1: I'm not going to take away from black cats because there are people really good at black cat and they can manipulate some things. But if you're not one of those people that's an expert at that and have done it over and over again and gotten it to repeat and repeat and repeat by just reading and not doing, you're not learning. So I do site recoveries because I learn so much when I do a site recovery, right? I think this works and then I try it. And if it doesn't work, I got to check a different lever. Well,
0: and you know what, Christine, like this us... <laughs> and that brings us exactly back to what John, to what John Mueller freaked about, because the crux of his uh, rant was stop trying to get that magic bullet and just do things. Affect yeah. a website. You'll learn.
1: Now, I, I will go to John when I get a question I've never heard of before, and there are no sure. answers out there. That's appropriate. And my client needs an answer and I can't find it. And then I will ask them a question because it's such a minute, weird, strange situation, right? An anomaly. But yeah, generally speaking, stop looking for secret bullets. I mean, by the way, if you want to do black cat, then go to some black, really good black haters and learn from them. That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different industry. Uh, but when you're talking about, I'm going to read some blog posts and I'm going to make my site rank overnight. That's just not how it works.
0: No yeah um and then again for what it's worth those black hatters there's great reward with the great risk they're taking but Mm -hmm. they work really hard for those great rewards like um they they they, you know they brag about their passive income from from that nice speedboat they have and they really do have passive income in a nice speedboat but they work hard to make that happen
1: exactly they don't even their tricks aren't tricks their tricks are we know how to exploit the algorithm in certain places from our years of experience. And we can do that over and over again. And that helps us make money or people pay us really well to do that.
0: Indeed. Uh, and it's so, a grind. It is a total
1: grind. It's a total grind. It's worse than our grind. Actually. I like doing we'll call it gray because There's no true white hat because Everybody does something to attract links, but, but let's say in our gray hat world, I like, like, here's the rules and let me see if I can make this site. Hit those rules hard enough that I get that big boost, that hockey stick we all love. Right. I like that. But if you're a black hat, or you got like 70 sites or 100 sites or 10,000 sites and you're turning and burning and you're like doing the black hat stuff? But you know, hey, you might, I know one guy that lost 70,000 sites overnight because he accidentally published two of the same links to all 70,000 sites. Yeah, <laughs> <Oops. laughs> he had his contact match. Oh, you that know?
0: was, that was, that was Alex Jones' attorney, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's all it to say. Now, okay, is, not, is, yeah, enough. Dave,
0: no, no, we can talk about. Dave, no, I
1: was just gonna say, Dave, Dave. was part of this situation, and the guy asked us if we'd asked Matt about getting his sites back, and we're like, "We'll ask," but you're not getting your sites back. And all Matt said was, "Ha ha ha ha, no." <laughs> <laughs> I get the,
0: the, the, who who published the article? Was it Barry who published the "There's no SEO benefit knowing people like Google" this week? Why did yeah. why did he why did he have to publish that? Like, like, what's that all about?
1: Probably why John wrote the rant, because he gets so many people contacting him. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's, hey, please, there's, will there's, you get
0: this worked out for you? Actually, you know what? You're probably right. I bet no, you that's, so, that's the reason. It,
1: Apparently, there are agencies that are saying we know somebody at Google. Now, I will say, when I talk to a client and they have a tough problem, I say, well, I can ask John on Twitter mm-hmm. if he has an answer to this. I, otherwise, I'll have to do a lot of research. Well,
0: And the funny thing but, is, John will probably reply to you because he knows right. your question is of is of good faith.
1: Right, exactly. And so that's different. Like saying, I know somebody on Twitter at Google, or if I really have to ask, I can send an email, but I do that like once every five years. Um, I don't, I never use an email unless I really, really really have to, but that doesn't give me an advantage. That's just, they can tell me if I'm off track or if I have this really hard issue, you know, if it's a Google problem, basically. So, um, but this is more people are like, Hey, they're giving their pitch of what I read on Twitter yesterday. And they're saying we know people at like google so we have special insight that'll make you rank and nobody yeah. has that because even the google engineers don't even know how everything works anymore but even if they did uh they sign contracts and then google has a lot of lawyers and if you were like leaking secrets about the algorithm to friends uh they could find themselves in a lot of hot water and very oh. very broke for many many years
0: good lord um <laughs> yeah. many many years like forever you're never working yeah. again um exactly. and actually like i'm not that i would imagine this actually happens but google is like one of the biggest corporations in the world that's beyond leg breaking um like that's anyway yeah unless you're a lawyer for rumble the uh right-wing uh social media outlet that um accused google of um uh anti-trust practices uh promoting its own stuff its own youtube and uh, uh uh its own YouTube and and search content ahead of everything else and censoring, and that accused Google of a whole bunch of stuff. An antitrust ruling um, that that went in their way might actually give um, Rumble access to parts of or all of Google's algorithm. Mm,
1: that's but, a little bit of an exaggeration because Gren- Well, it was reported yeah. by Greenwald. Ken Grinwald, yeah. so- Yeah, so I read the Verge article on this. And so all it is allowing it to go forward. There is no determination on, they get part of the algorithm. But here's the thing. So when you read the article from Verge, you get some of the quotes from the parties. And so it's very common in, uh, and by the way, when we say right wing, let's be really clear. Rumble is the place for white nationalists to like post stuff. I mean, they have other stuff, but this is where um, these guys, there's actually a slew of these guys who walk around with video cams and they post live streams and they get paid as they post who are white nationals who go to white nationalist events. And that's a lot of what the content is on there. So it's not okay. just right wing, it's like extreme bad stuff. Okay.
0: So the but, far right uh a social social media video yeah. video platform
1: rumble. And by the way, they make a lot of money. It's really sad. Um yeah. one guy one guy that was at the insurrection made a hundred thousand dollars a year off of these live stream videos. But anyway, that's beside the point so uh so basically what they're saying is they're lower in the algorithms and Google's saying but there are other people in the search result that outrank us so you're not ranking because your site sucks basically just to be really blunt i mean they didn't use the word sucks but that's what they said and And so
0: rumble's like we don't believe you prove it
1: right and 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 we've seen this before like in um i believe it, it wasn't breitbart but well, one of those right sites that likes to say that they're being suppressed and they put up a, an image of their traffic and apparently someone had done an analysis and they didn't know what the the little overlay on the image meant because it says core update drop. <laughs> so, so they were blaming Google for suppressing them, but they actually had a core update drop and it's in the graphic. They put in their own article about Google suppressing them because their content and they don't like them because they're not left. And that's... 100% not what happened. It's a bad site that got a core update hit like so many sites do. I mean, I'm working with a guy who writes about cars, you know, and he got a core update hit. So it has nothing to do with your protocol. I mean,
0: in in in, in, in all fairness, those cars only turned right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, dad joke. <laughs> but the, right. the point being is, um, here's what I, am um, just my feeling. If they did win somehow to win this, they're only allowed to see a portion of the algorithm what they're asking for. All Google would do is change the algorithm going forward because it would take years to get this through the courts. You know, we're probably talking five, ten years. Yeah. And by the time they win it, okay, sure, we'll show you that part of the algorithm from ten years ago that we no longer have. You can have that. And there's no way they could get the current algorithm because they weren't affected by it.
0: Indeed. And the, by the, and as you said, by the time uh, this goes to court, the current algorithm will be, you know, probably outdated and rather moot, much like... Uh, the original page rank kernel is outdated and rather moot.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I don't see this as being much of a anything. And I do think when they get to court, because other sites ranked <laughs> above Google, it's really hard to prove that it was because of Google.
0: I mean, if the case goes further, and if in going further, they are allowed access to Google's um, innermost innermost secrets, it'll be the first time anyone's read Google's diary. Um, that's, that's always been kept under lock and key.
1: Yeah, but it'll be like one of those documents you get from the government where like three quarters of it is blacked out.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and the stuff that isn't blacked out, as you said, is is now redundant, so or, or useless. So exactly. <laughs> okay, let's get. You know what? We should jump to some useful stuff. Um, if to uh, go over to Search Engine Journal and check out the Matt Southern article. Um, say you were YouTube creator, there's new goodies for YouTube creators. I think this is really cool. Um, YouTube is uh, giving um, their content creators access to new metrics, they're giving them access to a much larger pool of copyrighted music. So thank goodness, and uh, because honest to God you hear the same same little clips over and over and over again, uh, if you watch enough YouTube and they're giving uh, 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 their creators access to um, a new and improved YouTube studio video editor. I think this is uh again there's more and more people who are using uh video in their promotions um and more people who are you know making money on on the youtube platform just bringing information be it uh uh uh, uh cooking recipes how to rescue how to rescue someone while they're choking Excel or plumbing uh guidelines um mm-hmm. if you are a creator, use this stuff
1: so Google's very scared of TikTok right now so uh, everyone's of, scared of tiktok right now good <laughs> lord which is kind of funny because they had that article about how all these people are doing search on tiktok and i was like i use tiktok and i've tried to do search and maybe for like you want i don't know i cannot It really even depends, it really depends what you're
0: looking for honestly
1: yeah yeah it's not made for search but the point is um like they're doing remixes now on, on youtube like you do on tiktok where you can remix with another video so that's okay. part of this new creator studio where they can do more of those and get more data about that. And then the video editor, I'm sure, is probably going to be something to try to compete with TikTok as well. I will say one thing, though. I do find when you're a tech company trying to copy what other tech companies do because people under 25 like it, it's not usually a good sign for the company. Google's not really done that before. This is like kind of their... Like a first major change they're making because of a competitor? I don't think I remember any other. You know, am I wrong?
0: Oh, I don't know. I suggest that um even though um oh my I can't believe it. I'm not forgetting Google, what was Google's social network again?
1: Oh, that's Google Plus. That's a whole different thing, though. That was okay, Google, Google
0: Plus was was made as, to be an identity network. Absolutely. Um it was sold to be a social network, it was sold right, to be yeah. a Facebook competitor, which was probably tactically a mistake on Google's part but it was really a um, and, and this could have been really elegant had they done it properly or had the public taken to it properly um, the way that the they wanted them to you know it may well have been a uh, authenticator
1: um, Well, the, the Google plus thing, though, the reason I don't think it was very good is social wasn't its goal its goal was to replace passwords on the internet by creating identity providers which was um, an effort across the world actually all countries all over the world. And the identity providers would validate you to the website you were logging into, but they would get all the data. So if they got you on G Plus social, then they could get you to like G Plus and then sign up for it. And then eventually they just forced you to have a G Plus login to log into anything on Google because that they were using for that data collection. But then um, Snowden came out and within a year, the government defunded that whole idea, and uh, Google Plus went to being a straight social network, and soon after that, it was shut down. Yeah. So I don't know that it was really a competitor. I, I, I could be, but I think it was more, we're gonna use social to get people to use a service. And okay. again, this just wasn't Google, this was, across, this was across the world, but the first three ones recognized by the federal government in the United States were Equifax, PayPal, and Google. They were the first three identity providers. And you be, can look uh, this up, if you've never heard about it, under NSTIC, Google, and you'll see all the information about it.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Google's been far more uh, protective of personal data than Aquifax has. Um, uh, now,
1: and, but this was years ago. This was Yeah
0: and so I'm, oh, I'm, I'm i'm really mad at equifax and the screw-up they had with people's credit oh my
1: gosh it's yes. just
0: the damage they did it was only a three week period but the damage done to so many people over that period yeah. is i i can't even i can't even think about what
1: that's oh, i know about. you're going up for a mortgage or you're trying to get a credit card because you need to pay for your your school or something. and like, like
0: things it. aren't stressful enough right now for people like eh? that's
1: horrible it's, just back to one thing real quick, it's just yeah. the um, the, you, uh, the copying TikTok. I don't know if you've noticed, but I sent you a screenshot of it. So I don't know if you've gotten it, but Google is now showing like eight to 10 video results and the regular search results for a search query. Mm-hmm. So I was looking up a lawyer anchor that's on a uh, station here called MSNBC. And I put MSNBC lawyer and I got eight video results. Why, why is that a video? Because they're trying to compete with TikTok. They think everybody now has a video content, right? So other people have been showing me this too. They're getting these ridiculous like eight to ten video search results. So if you see a downtick all of a sudden in your search in your numbers, make sure that you're not your query is not returning one of these video results because I guarantee you, one, you're probably not in it because most of the stuff is coming from major sites. And two, um, most people don't have time to watch videos on a search engine. Like I'm on TikTok, it's a 10 second video. You know? I may take half an hour and go through some. On um, Google I, search, I'm trying to find information. So giving me eight video results is not helpful in- You know, anyway. I got
0: one client that actually <laughs> sells uh, a, a line of um, really well-known recreational products. And they use video to the nth degree to promote their products. So I got to tell you, I am loving this.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Seriously,
0: loving this.
1: great. Don't get me wrong. But we do have a video tab and interjected video searches are fine. Yeah. They do good too. My my query term term was just MSNBC lawyer. That was the term. And I got back eight video results.
0: Geez, you didn't have anything to do with paintball guns, did you?
1: No. I'll try harder (laughs) next time. That's all I put. I couldn't remember how to. Uh, spell the lawyer's name for twitter i wanted to make a comment and i I couldn't find their name so the point being is um that's a crazy result (laughs) and hopefully short-lived because it's completely non-useful i mean i get with paintball guns sure that's useful but also if i want to look up like how to buy a paintball gun i probably don't want the video result i probably want you know know what's really
0: useful a lawyer with a paintball gun (laughs) <laughs> like much much more useful than 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 most lawyers most of the time especially especially if you're alex jones but i digress
1: well you know um, what you really want to see him talking about alex jones i'm sorry
0: every time you know what i keep looking for the next story that we want to jump to and i got this little little image of alex jones <laughs> the moment he just the moment he was told that the uh families had all that information like well, had all well, that phone data I, 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 and every time I try to jump to a new story I see the look in his eyes and it's it, it, uh, it's blowing me away it's hilarious
1: well I asked, <laughs> that's what I was trying to find out when I said MSME lawyer embassy lawyer there's a couple very well-known lawyers and that are very high up in the United States as lawyers like constitutional lawyers so I was trying to find out did the lawyers do anything wrong because the the other team asked for the, the information. Jones said he didn't have it. The lawyers found out he did. If they accidentally, they accidentally, in quotes, sent it, did as they I, violate the law? As they no, as, as, I it it, discovery? as I
0: understand it, as I understand it, Jones has been going through lawyer teams trying to um, screw up the discovery process and screw up the amount of information um, that the the, the the opposing the, the families' councils have. Um, and uh, this is a relatively new law team. They've only been around for for several months. And um, think of the insane amount of like legal documents that go into any court case, right? right. Um, they were probably fulfilling a document request and didn't honestly know what had been done before and got confused. And everything is happening so fast. And they're relatively new. And you know, stuff happens.
1: Or they hate,
0: or they hate him too.
1: Well, you know, if people don't, just so people don't know, because maybe, maybe they're not, you know, you and I follow this stuff. Oh, they know. Um, but they may not know that the what this trial is about isn't about whether he's guilty. That's already been determined.
0: That's been established. He's guilty, guilty, guilty.
1: So the parents of Sandy Hook children were incredibly harassed because of what jones said about it being fake and crisis actors and their kids weren't really dead and he the people who followed him would go to their homes one family moved 27 times after their child was killed yeah so so the death the defamation claim is 150 million dollars on this case and they won that part they're just determining how much of the money they get well he was trying to also hide his finances yeah so apparently, in all that data, is all his finances. And if you want to cry <laughs> right now, he made 165 million over three years on selling supplements to people that watch his show. So, well, but the, the 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 damage is 150 million. That's what they're asking, and he made 165 million. And now they have proof that he has that money. You
0: know, that leaves a cool 15 million for his wife. So, for <laughs> cool. his ex-wife, yeah. I should say that's pretty cool
1: yeah but the, the thing the thing with all of it though is just like you said, the face when he realized he' continued to lie in court and he got admonished for that multiple times, but his face when he realized. And also the other thing is lots of friends of his um, who are usually very vocal on Twitter, apparently people are noticing today, they have not posted at all since that information came out yesterday. So because they have his emails, his text messages, his photos, anything he's done, they have that access for the last three years. Uh, it's going to get very interesting.
0: Yep, the world has a way of um, writing itself sometimes, and this is a great example. You know what? I have moved the image of him from my screen. I can't see his um, sweaty, bulgy face, and I will not be distracted any further. I promise. Mostly.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Here was a cool story that actually just uh, just just came out quite. Uh, I think this morning. I didn't even know this this existed. Eh. Um, you know how Google publishes a amazing trove of of uh, developer guidelines? Yes. Did you know that there was an overview page for them? One that shows you all the guidelines they published? Today I learned.
1: What did you learn?
0: Today I learned that there is an overview page oh, that you I can go you. to I that makes that it I really learned. easy to find any guideline or guidelines based on topics that they might relate to. There's literally dozens of them, and um, I'd never do this. This page, uh, developers.google.com slash search, slash docs, advanced guidelines overview. I did not know it existed.
1: You didn't notice? Oh, so here's the And now that
0: I know, I mean, I knew, I knew how to get to um, any of the pages themselves, but this page itself made me so happy to see. Um, moreover, there's additions to this page. Five five new guidelines to report on to report on which also made me very very happy although one of the myths has been removed. Um, but yeah, um, Google is uh, Google outlines best practices um, for 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 SEOs and for webmasters and they've added best practices for e-commerce sites in Google Search to establish your your business details in Google. Um, guidelines for web hosting services and uh, keeping redacted information out of Google search. Um, they had also packages, uh, published best practices for bloggers, but uh, have since since removed it. So um, yeah, the overview page blew me away. I don't know why I didn't know about that before. I probably feel stupid for not knowing about it, but boy, do I feel uh, smart for knowing about it now.
1: Definitely don't feel stupid, but I, these. Um... I tweet about these every few months, so you probably should follow me more, you know. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. I'll follow the the guidelines (laughs) when I'm good and ready. (laughs) Damn it. Whenever someone's posting about what secret tricks they thought they found in the Quality Rater's guideline, I always post these and then the other ones that they have about. um, Once you get into these, you have other links for, like, Advanced SEO, Webmaster Guidelines, and things like that. Because this is what Google is looking for from SEOs. Not from quality readers right well, yeah, what... i
0: reference the dev docs all the time i just yeah. didn't know this this one page existed
1: yeah no 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 i know but i'm saying for other people who don't know about mm. these docs that they may all not right. know all that's in there right and and so by the way google is terrible at search so when you look for a developer doc make sure you add to your search developer doc google developer doc," because yep. generally they won't come up in the top 10 or 20. but if you have an issue you want to know about from google like from anything from what's the best practices or um, canonicals or for robots text or for your content or um, anything that you can think of in SEO, do a search on those and add Google developer docs and you almost will always find that they have a reference doc. It doesn't mean that they give us all the information. There's some things about links where they just want you to do what they want you to do and aren't 100% accurate. But 99% of the time you're going to find really good information you need to about you know how to implement SEO on a technical level, even mm-hmm. if that technical is content. I don't mean technical SEO, but I mean like on content. So they're really good pages. Also make sure to look at the right side because they have another sidebar on the right side sometimes, which is in gray. And you don't always notice that it's there. A... But yeah, these are excellent. I give these to clients all the time in my uh, audit documents. I'm giving them solutions.
0: So if you can find it, the overview page, you can, you know, Kind of like this one one wonderful index page. Um, uh, Instant reference. Yes. Okay. So do you remember, I don't know, about five years ago when uh, we were told to hurry up and get all of our sites converted to be mobile friendly like now?
1: (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah. Five years later, Google is still five, five years and eight months later. Google is still migrating uh, websites into uh, Google's mobile-first indexing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Go
1: ahead.
0: Go for it. Go go for it. There's a reason for this.
1: Yeah, I was was just going to interject that I had a client in 2020, that major, major e-commerce client that still hadn't been converted over to mobile-first because they were using an MDOT and it didn't have... um, where they had a page to a page match. So Google refused to move them over, which is probably good for them. <laughs> indeed.
0: Um, <laughs> indeed, did they cannot, did they canonicalize properly at least? Because yeah. now you got two pages representing exactly the same thing.
1: Yeah, but the big thing that Google looks for in the mobile first rollout is to make sure that you have comparative sites. So if you're using an dot, which you really should be off of by now, but if you're using an dot. And it's only a small version of your site, or it doesn't have, you know, kind of one-to-one relevancy to the main site um, on the desktop, then Google won't convert you over because they don't want to kill your site, which is what would happen. But you have other reasons, I'm sure.
0: Uh, there's other reasons. Um, there's some sites that um, I think as Google pushed. Um, webmasters towards mobile first they forgot that there's a lot of websites that are never accessed by mobile some b2b websites are literally accessed maybe maybe five percent on mobile 95 percent desktop um and there's good reasons not to uh not to switch uh, some sites immediately into into the uh the mobile sphere thing is That's not the reason Google does or doesn't uh, put something in mobile. I don't know what the reason is. Um, I think it's just that there is um, an incredibly absurd amount of websites, of URLs out there. And Google has to take them. Um, Google makes big, big lists, batch by list or a batch of URLs. And it's churning through them.
1: It's definitely possible. I mean, there are billions of websites that Google has in the document.
0: Enum- honestly, at this point, it's innumerable. Yeah. Um, could, could, yeah. you, could you imagine? Could you imagine? And, and, and think of the um, URLs created by, say, an ecom an e-com, uh, setup. That can be that's innumerable. So that's what I think is happening. Honestly, Google's just just the web is way too big to do anything quickly too.
1: I think that's part of it, but also I also think just working on a lot of auditing that I do. There are a lot of sites out there that don't have proper responsive design or are still on dots and don't have, I, there's a word for it it's not comparative, but I'm just gonna say comparative. Um, they're not equal. The mobile site's not equal to the desktop site. So they keep using the desktop site so it's not to go to straight mobile first because then the, the site would lose a lot of its traffic because they're not comparative. They don't have enough pages. They don't have the same things on the pages. and So it's both, it's tons of, like you said, numerable, innumerable amount of websites. But also from doing audits, that I, I see I just see a lot of people where their responsive sites aren't up to snuff or they're still using m dots and so those aren't Google can't move over. And these are big sites because and they need those sites in their index, right? But this is just mom and pop's. Would Google care that much? Probably not. But I just audited a massive site last year that's still using an M dot and the MDOT's not comparative to the desktop version.
0: So, so when, when you check their crawl, um, who was crawling them? Uh, desktop. Interesting, okay.
1: Although although I asked John, because I do have sites that are on mobile first and they're mobile traffic, but still getting more of the desktop um, crawler. So I asked if that was a problem, John said no, because sometimes we just choose different crawlers. So, uh, cause I had one site that was like 80% desktop crawl, a 60% mobile traffic and had uh, you know no problems with the mobile responsive site, so it was a weird one of those weird anomalies that I asked John about, but uh, he said it, that was not indicated indicative of anything. It didn't it didn't matter. So,
0: well, as recently as um as uh, March 2021, um both Search Engine Roundtable and Search Engine Land had been reporting Google was close to finishing. That's, of course, over a year ago, almost a year and a half ago. So um,
1: <laughs> they're getting there, apparently. You know, it's just, it's a hard thing because if you move someone to mobile first, all the ranking signals, except for a couple of mixed hybrid ones, like navigation and links, come from their mobile design. So if their content does not equal the content on the other site, they'll just drop.
0: They will drop like, like a stone, but it doesn't like mean that stone. they're not being evaluated.
1: No, they are being evaluated, but I guess my thing is the site last year was one of those brands that, if you didn't see them in the index, you would think something's wrong, right? The Google doesn't, people think they favor brands. They don't favor brands, but they're not gonna make changes that drop sites that people expect to be in the index out of the index, because why would people wouldn't think Google's a a good search result, right? A good search engine. I, people forget that Google's product isn't their search result pages, it's the sites they pull back. So if I did a search for xyz and we expected you know abc company to be there and they're suddenly not there because google made a change well people go to bing because i can't find the sites and they know the site should be there so yeah so that's my that's my theory of the case
0: okay we're 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 closing in we're actually in the last 10 minutes of the show we got a couple more stories that could go long so um i kind of like saving these 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 cool ones the last though because you remember remember the days of the seo world when you were looking just desperate for any clue on how Google worked
1: Oh sure I said we still do that
0: <laughs> well here's one core web vitals not impacting no index pages yes so this is how Google sees the uh, uh, a no index page it doesn't um, so I'm quoting directly uh, from from uh, the Chrome devdoc um, any page will not meet the discoverability requirement. If any of the following conditions are met, including root pages of the original data on, for the origin data set, the page is served with an HTTP X robots tag, no index header, or an equivalent. Um, so you're telling it in the, in the robots tag, uh, no index, or the document includes a meta name robots content equals no index meta tag or its equivalent. So, um, yeah, you tell Google not to index it. Google won't even check its vitals.
1: You know, though, I, okay. So I, I have to say, I feel very embarrassed. I did not know they were counting your index pages, but, and I know a no index page sometimes can show up in the search results, but Google's using your visitors to determine core web vitals is 75% basically of those visitors mm-hmm. to determine how fast your pages are loading how are they getting to the no index pages and are they using ones that people no index intentionally because they don't want google to crawl it Then how is google getting that information
0: that's a very good question
1: because right? they would have to find it from search if they're just finding it in your site because you have a link to it i mean google could find it but how is well, google tracking i don't know i just thought that was a weird thing
0: yeah again th- that's why I prefaced, prefaced the, the, the the story of the way I did like you remember there's, there's a clue in here on how yes. Google works and see things yes. um and we could analyze it for all afternoon long unfortunately we don't have a lot of, we have a five minutes to analyze it um <laughs> actually we got about five minutes so we're out of here um but I think that's really cool um there's a lot of reasons to have pages in your site no indexed um although obviously if you want it to be in uh google search results you need to let it be in google search results um but there's good reasons to have no index content on uh, on your site um
1: sure. yeah, uh, how google there?
0: Yeah. because google knows everything's there it's just not well, indexed. I mean,
1: they can they can follow it i mean they can follow the link to the page but since it's no index they're not reading the page so my well, question is how are they getting or they're not
0: recording information from the page to make available to others
1: right they're supposedly as soon as they hit the no index size, they're supposed to you know not doing anything with that page but I just don't understand how they're getting core vitals which is somebody visiting that page through a no index page that they shouldn't be reading in the first place so
0: you want to make your uh you want to make your website uh how to say it? your pages um uh available for core web vitals make them available for discoverability
1: um yeah very true And like one of the really good reasons people in no index is like WordPress has tagged pages most of the times those are low quality. There's just accumulation of blog articles, but mm-hmm. they want their users to still be able to use the tags, to find those articles. So you'll know index those pages, but you'll keep them linked in your actual site.
0: Okay, last one we actually, we're gonna have time for. It's a really good one though. Um, it's one of those uh, basic overview stories. Um, and, and also it's written by Roger Monti, which is uh, you know, Roger, Roger puts the work into his articles.
1: <laughs> he does, um, yeah, he does a good job.
0: And this one is actually, it's, it's really important, 17 SEO best ranking practices uh, or best practices for better ranking. And, um, you know, it's, it's basic stuff. It's easy stuff, stuff that everybody should know, but it's stuff that, you know, it's like a, a good checklist to have because shoot with all the stuff, you know, you often forget about stuff that you ought to be, you ought to be thinking about, cause you know, so much damn stuff.
1: That's very true. And if you take this document or the developer documents. You do better than reading the quality Rater guide for
0: SEO tips. Actually, very probably. Um, yeah. Very, very probably. You want you yeah. want to rank well. Here's the, the best. Let you put this on the very front of the quality rate raters guide. Um, if you don't work for us, build good sites.
1: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we will be five tweet, bucks, Google. I'm going to tweet that. Tweet
0: that. Um, yeah, this should I, be I on the very you. front play page play of, the, of, the, of, the, of the QRC or
1: You're QRG. Great. Yeah, I love that. If you don't work for
0: us, just build good sites. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, Rogers' piece on the you know the seventy uh, best practices just to get going for better SEO goes from you know um, choosing your platform to um, choosing your hosting company to uh, 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 building and structuring content um you when it's appropriate to use ai how to do seo on product, on product pages how to do seo on category pages um you have a question about the way any given website might be structured and how to work in different parts of those websites roger's probably thinking about it and answering it in this article
1: yes he did a very good job and if you do wordpress especially because he has a lot of wordpress specific and they're like managed hosting.
0: So. You know last week, I, I don't know I don't know if you, if you if you heard but last week Dave and I were talking about um, the, the stats for platforms came out uh user stats and WordPress is still by far and away over over 50% of all uh, websites out there are WordPress sites.
1: It makes sense just because of the fact that you can uh, if you have developers, if you want to be able to like get into the details of a site then they can do that with WordPress. Um, you can't do that with like CMS sites like uh Wix, you know, or Duda, those are great sites to do, you know, quick builds, website builds, so if you don't have expertise. But when you need to get into the heavy handed programming part, you can't do that because that's their job.
0: So oh, yeah. WordPress
1: WordPress allows you to like put a front on even a React site. You know, where yeah, anything
0: up. WordPress and higher, you can get the yeah. devs involved and seriously, yeah. and seriously work work miracles and magic. Um, that's yeah. not to take away from the smaller um, DIY platforms at all, but they're just not, you know, in some cases as robust as. And you don't want to be uh, meeting a Shopify account, a Shopify competitor with a, with a with a Wix page. It just, you know. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, You the probably got is, more
0: better product than you do.
1: <laughs> I and mean, the thing is just basically on what type of site you are, how big you're going to grow, and your dev resources. And if you have no dev resources and you're not going to grow more than what you're putting out there, Wix and Duda, all those, those are fantastic sites to use. But if you're going to be growing, too. growing, growing, you outgrow the platform and you can't easily change to a new one.
0: Okay. And on that, Christine, we've gone full clock, um, 60 minutes. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls um, sat in for Dave Davies from uh, from Weights and Biases. So, again, Christine, thank you. Thank you so very much. Friends, Webcology is still looking for a sponsor. And if you're interested in uh, sponsoring this hour of extraordinarily fine uh, SEO focused webmaster radio content, get in contact with Brasco at WMR.fm. He'll get you all set up. Um, I want to thank Ricky, um, our, our producer. And uh, the WMR family, on behalf of Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls, is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. Rank well, be kind to each other, be well, and we'll talk to you next week.